You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. What's up, y'all? We back with another episode of Politic, and today going to be a hype show. I'm feeling the energy already, and not only that, all my guests are indulging in beverages. <laughs> this is the first. So I'm really excited to see where this conversation goes. Today's show is entitled Summer Love because it's summer Summer, summer time. <laughs> Y'all excited? I mean, finally, we're out finally. of spring, right? I'm, Hello. Sure. 80s all week. Now everybody complaining. Every time I hear somebody complain, I'll be like, shut up. Complain. You have one of the coldest winters on record, and you complaining about it being hot. And then we have three months of spring, right? Every day. I'm thinking, like, it's time to build the ark. <laughs> Period. But I'm really excited to talk to y'all today. We don't really have no topic specific. This is kind of like an open dialogue show where I'm really hitting on different topics, um, just around things that I think are important. And so one of the ones, I mean, we finally in the summer, and I think we're feeling this wave in Detroit, but do people believe in global warming at this point? Because I'm shook. I don't know about y'all. Why you shook? But I be shook. Because, I mean, like, for instance, the rain. I have never... Since I lived in the city of Detroit, experienced that much rain in my life. I felt mm-hmm. like we was in Seattle or something. I was ready to go commit. Like, hold up, where are we at? <laughs> <laughs> but you got to think, on? too. When have you been ever, ever been able to predict our weather, though? Like, That's, true. That's, That's true. That's true. Know, we got some of the most bipolar weather ever, so it's coming to territory, I guess. Shorts, hoodie, and rain boots. You don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> and a coat in a car just yeah. in case it's snowing in the evening. Crazy. Man, so for me, I got a question for y'all because I know, like, when I was younger in school, we did talk a little bit about global warming. Did y'all talk about global warming, like, in school and stuff and science at all? Yes, it was a thing. And then I was heavy in politics because my grandma, so I knew, like, um, what's his name, Al Gore, he was a strong proponent in like global warming. This is like what 2000, 2001, yeah, and nobody was really talking about it, but then. We start seeing these movies like Day After Tomorrow. I'm really a movie yeah. fan. The <laughs> you <know>? truth. <laughs> and you're that looking at this stuff, home. and now all of a sudden we're dealing with some of that, those like things, like as far as like crazy massive hurricanes or even earthquakes hitting like high levels often. Like California about to fall off the whole U.S. <laughs> like yeah, I, I heard that ain't true. Though. Real things about them falling. So? Yeah, I heard they're gonna like shift forward. They don't really, yeah, they don't really like fall off the they map. They tectonic oh, plates is gonna be off the, the map, map, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That's gonna be crazy. When y'all feel There'll like there be no Hawaii, probably. When y'all feel like the first time y'all was like, man, global warming is real. High school. Why you say that? Because that's when I started paying attention to it. It was something that was discussed, touched on briefly, but then people were like, oh, it's no big deal. But it is a big deal now. Like, the temperature, like, how everything is going on, it's a lot with that. Like, and I just, like, for us, the people who are, like, paying attention to it, we have to be really careful about how we do, like, the ozone at this point because mm-hmm. that's going to, in term, affect that as well. Like, so it's like a lot with pollution and stuff like that. It pollution yeah. is going to be but a see, big part of it. But see, the thing, too, like, being in, being in the automotive industry, like, I feel like I see the world about to change kind of for the positive. Like, yeah. everything going electric, like, everything. Like, we trying to minimize the amount of pollution and stuff. So maybe it don't be that bad. I just don't know when, like, if it'll change. We doing it now. You think we too late? No, I don't think no. we're too late. Like, it still look pretty normal around this market. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's enough people higher up that takes it seriously because, like, if you look at politics, you have all these baby boomers and all these people who have had their time, and they're not always concerned about their environment because it's like, I've lived my life, I've had my time, so, like, whatever y'all get left is what y'all get left. Mm-hmm. So you have to see, like, from the top, from the top, like, if your president mm-hmm. is denying climate change, how do you think that everybody else in business and policymakers and decision makers are going to get on board with that? They get to ignore it. And yeah. I think that's it gives the problem, excuse. though. I think these issues need to be, from an individual standpoint, it's hard to know yeah. how you can affect climate change. So it, it got to be more of a, a push from Bingo. the corporate. You have to be mindful of our ecological footprint. But you got to teach us, too. Like like you said, in school, we learned about global warming. They ain't never teach us how to fix it, though. They ain't never, like, what small steps can every every individual take to impact the greater picture? They don't teach you that. But, like, subconsciously, though, black people have been, like, recycling for years. 
Think about how your grandma takes all them old jars or whatever and re- right. <laughs> repurpose them for like grease and takes all those, all them you plastic know, bags. all them plastic bags. But that's that's how you start small, though. Like you start small. Like we've been recycling. We've been resourceful, reusing clothes, taking old clothes, using them as rags and all that other stuff that your <laughs> that your grandparents do. Making like, a quilt. Making yeah. a quilt. You know, like we we are the probably some of the original repurposers. So. Uh-huh. You recycle outside of outside of the crib, though. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I do not like littering. I, I do not like that. Yeah. No, I do not like littering. Ooh, we will yes. go back and pick it up off the ground. Like really, <laughs> she be so serious. Oh yeah, that's terrible. She be so serious. Littering is bad for sure, but. Recycling, I, if I don't know where what go, I'm just throwing it in the trash. A lot of companies are doing a, a good job at that, though, at this yeah. point. Um, I don't know the profit margin that they're getting off of it, but they're doing it. Maybe it's like a tax write-off at this point. But a lot of places are starting to actually put separate bins and labeling them specifically so you can understand exactly what to do and where to place it. And then it's kind of like a leave it up to them at that point thing. But that's a good step to pay attention to where you're throwing your trash because some stuff is actually labeled. So And even if it is from a benefit standpoint, like, that's how we relate to things, you know. Mm-hmm. So you got to make it relatable, like us taking the, the bottles to the store to get the money back. Yeah. Do do things and create a narrative behind it that that can help us mm-hmm. and help mm-hmm. us understand a bigger issue. Also, real quick though, I did realize that we just jumped into the topic because I was up here talking to y'all already and felt like I did the introduction. <laughs> didn't even reintroduce y'all as we was up here talking to each other. So I'm going to piggyback just for two seconds before we hop into our next topic. At the table joining me today, everybody in here, I mean, outside of Rich who was here last week and that's how you got, you joined the table. I had some like long-standing relationships with, I feel like I done known y'all for a long time, like kitties. I was a child then, huh? <laughs> 18 is a child, okay, Jeff? At the table right now, we got my homeboy, Jeff. We used to be up at State, living our best lives. What was that, Crazy. summer, what, 2011? Hey, 11, 12, 13. <laughs> no, 13, Jeff had my favorite apartment up at State. I'm talking about, I went to move. What was them called? The, uh, the Hampton. Yeah, man. Only, only apartments man. I knew in 2011 had the marble counters, high ceilings, <laughs> wood floors. Like, refund. Hey, <laughs> two, two words, dog. Refund check. That's all I got to say, man. Hello, and facilities. Don't act like you weren't getting that I was. I did. I worked at facilities probably like four or five times. Mm-hmm. Quick, go back. Quick, Everybody go back. Everybody in college easy, I had, it worked at facilities. For sure. Yeah, you I had to. Y'all. I hated y'all facility people. Easy cheese. You go in there, you hide out for a couple hours. That's easy so money right there. Also got my homeboy Rich. Rich came in because he came and watched the show, uh, our last one, which was a couple weeks ago. We was talking about financial literacy and empowerment. And Rich joined the table. I got to know who he was. I'm like, oh, you will be a perfect guy for this topic. And I can't wait to really talk about uh, what's going on in the city and how we need to really be more active. I'm the graduate of the School of Hard Knocks. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I, I, did, I did graduate. I got an associate, so I got some kind of college education inside of me. Period. Sure, bro. Period. My best friend, BFF, one of two. I have my best friend, my other one on the first show, and I have my second half on the other show. I'm so excited. <laughs> Hi, Shan. Hi, Dal. Hi. This is probably like, you know how you got the angel and the devil on your arm at all times. Shani is like the angel that will still support your devilish ways. I love her so <laughs> Much from the bottom of my heart. I got Steve joining me again. He was here yeah. earlier this season talking about millennials in action because he out here doing his thing. What's going on? Um, Tracy. Hey. So me and Trees have a love hate relationship with uh, <laughs> podcast <Feminism>. Detroit <laughs> <laughs> and feminism. <laughs> As Tracy has been on the show, what are you looking at me for? <laughs> <laughs> Tracy did join us earlier this year, but we had technical difficulties mm. joining the Kings and Queens circle. But Tracy is my sister in power. I mean, we've been at the front lines of the movement since them state days. I mean, yeah. getting blackballed, get, like getting, getting looked, excluded. <laughs> okay, period. I was in them trenches, huh? <laughs> them trenches, trenches, yeah. Them other trenches, you know how they do. <laughs> yeah. And last but not least, I got Swaff at the That's table. Fine. What's going on, Mike? I'm glad to see you here joining the Politician crew. You know it, you know it. So, I mean, we already kind of kicked off the topic talking about global warming and just talking about this heat. And I know that the city get real hot when the summer comes. And this is not talking global warming, climate change no more. I mean, it seemed like it started a little bit earlier this year. But I really want to talk about violence in the city of Detroit. I mean, it's not something that's new. I feel like we've been hearing about this since we was young. What's going on in the city? And are we, like, at, like eliminating ourselves purposefully at this point? I mean, I'm thinking it's starting to be like a genocide on our own. 
How y'all feeling about violence in the city? It's a lot of it. And it's ongoing. Like, a lot of it is no need at all. Purposeless. Like, I feel like there's not much that can be done about it because we don't know the cause of it. People are just doing, like, countless acts. Just, it's like, I don't know, at this point, it's just so much of it. Like, me alone, the stuff I've been researching, like, over 30 people that I've looked at in the last month just dying for stupid stuff like car accidents, you know, running from the police for no reason, um, people being killed inside of their own homes, shot in front of their homes. Like, it's ridiculous. It's definitely something I feel like is not going to go nowhere. You know, I feel like, it, you know, it has declines and, you know, upsides or whatever. But I feel like it's something that's not going nowhere. Um, it's something, like you said, it's something that's been around forever. It's just a product of kind of who we are. You know what I'm saying? It's, the city is dog-eat-dog. It's always been like that. Every man for themselves. So some of it's survival. Some of it's, like she said, it's, uh, it don't have no purpose to it. But it's just something I feel like it's just not going to go away. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm of a different opinion. I think it can. It might. It's not violence anywhere can't go away, but it can be minimized and maybe not totally eradicated. But you know, you can do stuff to address some of the issues that we're facing. Um, we are from Detroit. We know the, the culture here. So I think that you got to change the face of. You got to you got to do things to address the issues. Money is always an issue. You know that's why you got robberies and, and you know. You got you got bust right there. You know I was just a victim of one, so I know I know, I know about violence. I was a perpetrator of violence. I served my time. I did eleven years in prison for armed robbery. So I came up in Detroit, in the streets of Detroit. I'm not one who's speaking from looking in Detroit. You no, know, I came up in it. I got to speak from experience. From experience, mm-hmm. but I also changed my ways, and also sure. you know as you you grow and mature, a lot of things that's being done is come from youth and ignorance. So you can you can teach these things and you can like I say when I talk about changing the face, people who got um, like rappers who got influence, you know what I'm saying? They can they can change the narrative about what it is, how we do, and to show pretty much the materialistic side that you don't have to do these robberies, you don't have to kill people in order to get money, mm-hmm. you know, because that's a lot of a lot of the issues around violence is money. That's what I feel I too, especially when you talked about the youth. It's like I don't think they got no guidance, like. I don't think yeah. they know what to do, know where to go. Um, Are like, they the perpetrators? Well, not all of them. Okay. I'm just speaking because he's talking. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like it's violence across the board in our city. You know what I'm saying? But specifically talking about the youth, like I'm only 26. But even when I came up, like I feel like it was more kids playing pal. It was more kids at the Boys and Girls Clubs, at the YMCA's, like. I don't know where the kids are now. Like they really mm-hmm. out here in the streets, hustling, thugging, like walking the early. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, how do we? I I would agree with you and say I think we can change it, but it's like, how do we create a more inclusive relationship with everybody in the city of Detroit so that we can all pretty much push forward to the same goal? Because if you start with the youth and get them something else to do, they'll do it. They only out here because there's nothing else to do. For sure. But I say I say music because that's probably the biggest influencer of youth now. But like you say, the YMCA's and those recreation centers, they empty. They empty. You don't even see kids at the parks playing basketball no more because everybody is on their phone on social media. So that's what I'm saying. The people who got influence can change that, you know, and change the face of what we do to kind of get where we want to go without the violence aspect of it. I sometimes feel though like saying like the kids have no guidance in social media and all that. It's an easy cop out. I feel like... um, They are watching the people who are around them and the people Mm -hmm. who are their parents now are the people who are of our generation and the generation before. And if you are three, four generations in of consistent hustling, of seeing your parents working two and three jobs and still not making it, at some point you're trying to break the cycle. Whether that's right or wrong, so you may try to turn to something that's different. Like the kids are still out here being kids. I work with them. They still being kids. But it's just the type of direct influence that if you your older brothers and your older sisters are still doing the same old, same old you gonna really solely solely adapt into what they're doing. So it's our environments basically that's it start at home, man. I say this with so many things. It starts at home. It starts with your with your upbringing. You know that has a lot that plays a lot into you know who you are. As you get older, you know you we we supposed to do as much as you can you know to change those negative things about you. But it start at home. Most of these people come from broken families, all type of stuff. So it start at home. Would you call those type of households guidance though? No, guidance is guidance whether it's right or wrong. Okay, well, positive influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, po- so but it's resources positive. too. Yeah. Like for me, I'm a parent. I have a daughter. She's six. She's still a kid. I'm not gonna act like I don't have like 
she has two iPads. She, you know, has access to all of these devices, Netflix, whatever, mm -hmm. but she still wants to play. Does she, you know, indulge in Netflix and other stuff? Mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit too much? YouTube? Definitely. Mm -hmm. But she's still a kid. She still wants to go outside and play. So I do mm -hmm. feel as though it is a direct impact on your household. Like, resources. Some people don't have resources. So that's mm -hmm. another thing. As a community, you know how many people I've met and parents were like, oh, I didn't even know you could do that. I didn't know yeah. you can go and do a reading program. I didn't know that they can get this stuff at the library. Yes, you can. Like, or some I didn't know that these rec centers mm -hmm. up in the city are back open again. 100%. That they're opening back up. So it starts with the parent. I feel like a lot of people want to put, like, oh, it's the music. Oh, it's social media. Like, as a parent, it starts there. What are you showing your child? How can you expect the world to show your kids something that you can't even show them? Yeah. It's, it's a point of view. So what are you doing to guide that the opposite way? So, but Outside of the household in these communities. It's a lack of positive role models. Yeah. It takes a village. It do. It really right. does. <laughs> That's the golden buzzer. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Just a disclaimer. Anytime you agree with someone, please feel free to hit the bell. But I think too, though, to Shani point, like y'all ever see like the kids on Instagram and stuff where they number about five, six years old. They got all the money, like chains <laughs> on. Like I would never like let your yeah, kid right. be a kid. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So I I would have to agree with that too. That it's like. As parents, you gotta let your kid just be a kid and stop trying to make them be. How you gonna, you know what I'm saying? How you gonna portray your six year old to be a street nigga? Like, mm -hmm. he a kid. Yeah. Like, how, that's not smart. You know so what I'm saying? That's the all. question that I have too. Like, and I kind of hit on it a little bit earlier, but where is this violence? And I think, you know, we think when, when you hear violence, you think about, you know, killing, robbing, you know, the physical attacks. But I think it's a lot of mental violence in our city going on, and we're mm -hmm. not even, it's destruction, right? Mm -hmm. When you're thinking about just wrong upbringing, environments that's just nasty. I mean, we got kids on online with the guns, everything. Yeah. It ain't just the money and the chains and the, you know. School systems that don't have water for them to drink. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, all of these things are causing some type of mental or physical violence. Where is it perpetuated the most though is it with our generation with the millennials is it the younger generation i don't believe it's the older generation you know at this point like where is it really happening and i'm trying to figure out like who so like who's the blame like where I mean, where should we start with it it's been it's every generation it's a domino yeah. effect like okay. it's <laughs> for real because we keep trying to do that we keep trying to point the fingers at each other yeah, and it's okay. like it's going to take a collective effort on that to you know what i mean we across the board like we place as a people as a culture we place values on like all of the wrong things you know what i'm saying and none of that stuff really helps like promote life um and then when you got kids chasing that stuff like we as a community we sort of look at we already competitive you know what i'm saying and so sometimes that competition can turn deadly you know what i mean and so you got to know at least make sure the things that we competing towards and competing for are you going to you know what i'm saying help uplift our community at the end of the day instead of some you know what i'm saying so some yeah i like all the shiny stuff just as next as the must just as much as the next person but i don't know that shit is dumb at the end of the day or having I mean, balance too yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Balance. Balance. Yeah, let it ring. There's nothing wrong with those things. Yeah. There's nothing uh -huh. wrong with none of, the, none of the shiny things that you spoke on. Mm -hmm. We all know about it. There's nothing wrong with those things in and of themselves, but it's the the way that people go about getting those things mm -hmm. and the, the, the story behind how you think you got to get it. You can get all the same things without being in the streets, hustling, without robbing somebody else, taking it from you. And you can do it in a legit way and still make it and... and you know, have it. That's, that's and feel good about yourself. Feel good about right. And that's what brought me back to people of influence, mm -hmm. like these rappers. And I keep using them because that's who that's who that's the easiest target to pick on mm -hmm. right now. But you know, they looking at them and looking at these things that they got, so they can say, "Well, I did this, but I changed my ways, and now I'm getting money this way, and this was allowing me to have this stuff." Because the, all the people who got money on a real level is not in the streets no more, doing the stuff that they doing to get the pair of buffs or the shiny chains or the or the, or the Jordans or whatever it is. They're not out here hustling in the streets and in the trenches no more. You get what I'm saying? But yeah. in, like, the defense of, like, some of the people that we idolize most, like Jay-Z and a lot of these rappers, there was they were hustlers, legit for real hustlers, before they crossed over. So it's like, how are we inf inf infusing that message to our kids about, like, you, you really can't say don't hustle. Because they'll be like, well, Jay-Z, we well, Lil Wayne, well, cool. whoever. You know, they were hustling, and then they switched over, and then they le went legit. How do we get our kids to realize that you have to be, like, legit? The whole time. I, we got to make that I, stuff cool. Yeah, I think he just said it, though. Like, 
you got to be, so like I, I go by a term called real model. And it's something that I learned from my pops. It's like, you know, Jay-Z and all of them, them role models. Mm -hmm. They on TV. You can't touch them. You can't see them. But a real model, I can pop up on you in the community. You can shake my hand. I can mm -hmm. love you. And it's like, like you talk about buffs and all of that type of stuff. What I do is I, I utilize my versatility and I'm a corporate person. Like I work for mm -hmm. General Motors in the Rensen, you know what I'm saying? But I still throw the buffs on and go talk to the kids because I know that's what they relate to. But mm -hmm. my message is I ain't never did none of that. I ain't mm -hmm. never hustled, sold or nothing. Like I took my route. I waited patiently and I got everything your favorite, you know, dope boy has, but you don't got to take that route. Like, mm -hmm. and but you got to show them that. Yeah. But to me, we need more people like that because like you said, the, the role models, and I heard this conversation come up a lot too. They like, I ain't really signed up to be no role model. I just wanted to feed my family and, you know what I'm saying, make some money. So I feel like the, the real models were the ones he just pointed out that we need more of those, not the role models, not the people you can't touch. It's the real models. That's the, that's the ones we need. And that's exactly what we need, but it gotta be people that we can relate to. Yeah. Like you say, like I said, I come from the streets. Um, I didn't go the whole school route. I did that as I matured and, you know, became less ignorant, you know, over time. But coming from the streets, those people was far, far and few in between. Yeah. So we need people who, you know, who still ran buffs. Like, like you know, I I'm from Detroit, so I look Detroit. Mm -hmm. But I'm not on nothing since I didn't, since I came home. I don't I haven't touched a bag. I haven't finessed. I haven't did anything. And I still got those same things that you got. Right. I worked a job. I struggled. I did all these. But now I got the material things, materialistic things to show for it. And without the illegal aspect of it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so the kids sure. going to relate to me and I come from here. Right. So mm -hmm. my story is going to be practical, but everybody's story, it don't matter what what road or path that you came down, you got somebody that can relate to that story. And if you're from Detroit and you are this culture, then you got a responsibility if you, if you, yeah. if and you topic, not. Right. And this has come up on multiple shows, just this idea of people giving back. I think we just have to get away from this individualistic mindset it take a village. That is how our, our our environments, our communities thrive. Like, you can't thrive and have, like, a working system on your own. It's just not how it works. You know what I'm saying? I think in a lot of us, we get on, we do whatever it is, like the role models, right? Well, I, I have a love-hate with, you know, because I feel like role models still got a responsibility. At the end of the day, we too, all have a responsibility. Yeah. But at the same instance, I hear it. Like, you want to be able to touch, feel, and be able to be there. But I mm -hmm. feel like that's the problem. Why is it that once I get to the point that I, you know, I done made it, I become a role model versus a real model? Shouldn't I still be in those environments? Shouldn't I still be able For to be sure. touched? Shouldn't I still be able to give back? And a lot of times we get caught up in these um, influential um, titles and whatnot. And it's like, I made it, but people need us, you know. But mm -hmm. also at the same instance, and I feel like me and Patrice can definitely attest to this, you can't let the struggle wear you out either. You're nope. not obligated. <laughs> we're not yeah, obligated so. individually nope. either to be the only one that's there doing mm -hmm. that. That's why I keep saying it take collectivity because when we all in this mission together, it make the work less harder for each other. You know what I'm saying, essentially. And I think we've gotten to a point now where you only got a handful of people wanting to be the real models. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Feeling yeah. like they obligated to turn that cheek and be like, look, let me help you see something different. Because it's about diversity, but are, but too. are we obligated, though? No. We should be. You not, but you should. Because we got to stop looking at it as giving back. It's just doing your part at yeah. the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Le leaving the footprint at the end of the day, man. A positive footprint. Yeah. That's what it's about. And going back to the topic of why so much crazy stuff is going in the city, I feel like people lack purpose. Mm -hmm. It's just no way that life has become so meaningless. I mean, people get shot over anything. But how do we ignite that purpose, though? Like, if you just like your circumstances are just so dim. Like I, I like I work with the kids, so I try my best to ignite that purpose. But sometimes you like shit. I don't even know my purpose myself. <laughs> so like, how do we continuously like like you said when it's a small handful of people like continue to ignite that purpose of everything that y'all arguing about is dumb. Like all these arguments that, that spill out into violence mm -hmm. out in the community, it starts in the school because they arguing over petty stuff in the school. I think it's resources for me. That's going to be always my go-to in a lot of situations. People do not have resources. And a lot of things, just to throw a slight curveball, mental health. It, mm -hmm. People need to really, like, put some awareness on that. Yeah. Like, you know, just me just dealing with kids in the last six months, just kids, adults. Like, I'm not excluding anybody. People really have mental problems. Yeah. Like, just yeah. to piggyback off what you said, like you said, you went to jail for armed robbery, not to bring it up. But, you know, you changed your life. My cousin went to jail for the same thing, did almost 20 years. She's a girl. 
And she came from a two-parent household, nurse, construction worker. You ain't, you, you didn't have a hard life. You had no reason to do that. People be having, like, these these battles that they fight within themselves. And if a person don't know what's going on with you, how can they help you? So, you, yeah, you are looking at the TV and you're looking at these rappers and you want this and you want that. But these You could have got that from mm-hmm. home. Sometimes people just be fighting their own battles. It's mental health. You need to understand why people are doing the things that they're doing. And a lot of times it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with anything other than the fact that they are fighting something on their own. So mental health is really big right now. You have to focus on what's going on and get to the bottom of it. Because until that's addressed, people are going to continuously do the same thing. And once again, like I think the face of mental health has to change in order for that to happen. The, the story behind mental health. If you look at somebody who said they're bipolar, you think about somebody that's crazy who just be going off for no reason or something like that, but or somebody with P, uh, PTSD. It got to be somebody from the army who's crazy and it's just going to spaz with somebody. And that's academically proven. If y'all want to go check that's out my, my website, Politic, and it's an article on there about this. Exactly. Good plug. People got to be real about their mistakes and their issues that they're going through in order to change what's cool or what's not cool mm-hmm. or the stigma or the stereotypes that's surrounding these issues. Because mm-hmm. if, if you don't, like, I was diagnosed with PTSD after coming home See? or um, and, and anxiety disorder. But it's mm-hmm. something, and it, it, I didn't have to put on the front in order to get this. I was dealing with the issues, trying to figure out which way to go, mm-hmm. dealing with family issues. All this stuff caused anxiety. Mm-hmm. Trying to trying not to be broke. You know what I'm saying? Trying yeah. to figure out how to make money. All these things causes an anxiety, but everybody deal with it. And like you say, it's the lack of lack of resources, it's the lack of information that causes people to direct this energy in the wrong way to try mm-hmm. to get it. And it's the stigma too. It and, is. And the stigma. Mm-hmm. But if people don't speak on it who dealt with it or who deal with it and change their face, you're not gonna listen to a bump saying he go get treatment from you know what I'm saying, whatever. It got to be somebody that you can look to and be like, all right, well, he got his stuff together. Let me look at him. And he got diagnosed with um, PTSD. And he came from prison. And he did this. You, you get what I'm saying? But everybody got their own walk and their path that they can show people a way and give people a, a, a path to follow, you know? Yeah, I definitely believe mental health. Is so, I mean, mental health that came up on a few episodes. And back in season one, when I had the youth spotlight, the youth were talking about mental health. I've heard the youth speak about mental health. It's such a thing now in the schools. Like, that's mm-hmm. not something we were talking about in school. We weren't uh-huh. thinking about none of that mm-hmm. stuff. And it was funny um, just because uh, I had attended a workshop. Um, they were doing some stuff around a new jail. And they were asking youth. It was a workshop through uh, Design and Justice Designer Spaces. They're an architect firm out of California, but they do, like, restorative justice kind of work when they go into, like, a prison or jail remodeling. They don't believe they build that kind of stuff. But beyond that, they had a focus group with youth, and they were asking them, what would you do with this money in this space? And youth were in there talking about building mental health spas. And having like equitable housing Mm -hmm. and having a place where you can interact and be with each other. So it's not like they even if even if they are a little off or things are going on in their life, they're not crazy. They know what they need. You know what I'm saying? And it's like everybody wanna do better. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But it's just crazy to actually hear them speak about it. But I'm gonna shift gears in a second. I do wanna shout out Kill the Hate. I got on a shirt today. Y'all probably can't see it because I'm turned around, but I'm going to take a picture. Today, they are one of the partners and organizations uh, attending the Stop or Silence the Violence rally going on. It was happening this morning. I know off uh, Jefferson, crossing Belal. Went in and got my shirt yesterday because I really love what they're doing. I know Church of the Messiah is heavily um, affiliated with that. And they've been doing it yearly, this uh, Silence the Violence rally. So I just wanted to make sure I plug and shout them out because this in the city needs to be addressed. And I thought it was a conversation that politicians should be talking about because it's all about accountability. We can't do better if we're not holding each other accountable. And we all have people in our lives that even if you're not the one contributing to the violence, you contributing to something that you can be doing better. You know, and it's like, bro, you're going to end up in the violence if you don't chill. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like being able to hold each other accountable and just bringing this stuff up because I think people think some of this stuff cool and it ain't. It's It's like we hype it up and make it a thing, but... Shifting gears real quick. 
We know it's been in the news, man. And I've been having heavy arguments, you know. I know some uppity black folks that feel like we got our foot up in the door. We good. I know some black folk that feel like, hey, bring it here. Reparations, man. We got to talk about reparations. I need them all. I mean, they had the hearing, what, a week or so ago? Um, it's something too that I want to talk about because I don't feel like people really know that this happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have my little pockets of academia, you know, the professionals that are in the loop or we watching it at work. But overall, it's not even being this ain't Twitter trending right now. You it's the not. only thing that's scary. <laughs> whatever is important is twi- is on Twitter trending. Okay, it's mm-hmm. at least Black Twitter. This ain't something that's been trending on Black Twitter. What's going it's on? It should be. It should be. And yeah. I'm yeah. bored. A little bit. What did say? Slaves uh, made what six hundred million. The economy or something like that. Probably right, billion. Probably right, billion. Right, 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 right. right. Hold on, more. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was in the video you said. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. On the uh, enduring the hearing, I'm gonna yeah. just be honest. Ken didn't listen to the whole hearing because I'd be pissed off. I was tuning in. Almost turned it off in the beginning because Mitch just pissed me off. But overall, like, real talk, like. How y'all feel about reparations? And I know this conversation can go many ways. Mm-hmm. I think I'm thinking really outside the box. And I'm going to wait because I want to hear other people's opinions. I'll be trying to be non-biased on the show. But I really want to hear how y'all feel about reparations. I think that there should be some reparations. Uh, what's that song Beyonce say? Pay me an equity. Watch me reverse out of debt. Yeah. I 100% agree Thank with that. Yeah. We built y'all properties. We built y'all house. Hard-earned sweat, blood, and tears. Children, etc. Cotton picking, whatever you want to call it. Influence just give us some property. It's mm-hmm. so much property out there in these land banks and other places just sitting. Tons of investors just holding on to them. They don't have no need for them because it ain't no real. It's nothing that they can do with it until it becomes an actual investment. I'll take some equity. Mm-hmm. I will. For sure. That's the best investment. I think that's right a question. Now. I think we all agree we need it, but it's like, how do we get it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't believe. See, so this oh, is don't? my innovation. No, 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 no. I definitely believe we need reparations. <laughs> I don't think it's a one size fit all. I yeah. feel like they should mm-hmm. not take be trying to make a blanket because guess what? Beyonce and Jay is not asking for that cash. They need a different investment. They just like me, they can give me their and portion. And there's people like me who want them to wipe out my student debt. But everybody that grew up on my block ain't even go to school, so they they reparations yeah, a little yeah. bit different. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't. So you get to pick. <laughs> I think it should be a blanket. It should, but it should be a choice. It should be a blanket, though. I feel like the equity is the best part because that's what they. That's how they became rich. If you want to be technical right. and go back to the beginning of time, they became rich off properties these properties that we built for little to nothing but just material that they have and they've had in their families for years are now worth billions and millions of dollars Mm -hmm. and they built it for ten thousand we built it for ten thousand so Mm -hmm. i feel like equity is a good blanket think about how many people don't have a home yeah Mm -hmm. think about how many people you know really could profit from investment you could pay your student loans off if you get you a good investment property Mm -hmm. so just my personal opinion i feel like equity the same way y'all got it Mm -hmm. same way y'all should give it back I think, uh-huh. I think the fact that we the only people who they don't want to get this money to for the ill. Talk they, about they, they it, kids. yeah. You got Native Americans, you got Jewish people. You got the Japanese like, internment the Japanese, camps. Mm-hmm. Like, but they pretty much tried to just kill them. They did mental damage to us, to our families that, that's we still ongoing. Still, we still suffer from yeah, You know bro. what I'm saying? The, the institutional racism that don't ever get addressed. Or even, that, you know, a lot of the arguments be um, we wasn't here for slavery and things of that nature. Slavery still exists with the prison system. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? That's that's legal slavery now. Slavery by another name. Right. And they and they putting us in prisons to do the same thing they're doing. They still got these sweat factories or whatever it is. Yeah. But we getting paid two cents a day. You get what I'm not, saying? Now they give you a hundred right. years. They used to hang you by a noose. Same, it's the same, it's the same thing. thing. Yeah. So it's still, it's still ongoing. And I feel like that's why they so apprehensive about giving us our money or putting us in a better position because they still they still stepping on our backs to get to the top. You know they scared saying? of us, bro. Capitalism, right. some yeah. got to be at the bottom. Exactly. And I got a lot to say on this. I know, man. <laughs> I, I, I specifically reached out to Steve because he be out here talking that talk on the social media platform. But it's just like, I don't even think White folks, my 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 bad, bro. But I don't think white this is folks tremendously really uncomfortable for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they understand. I keep my like, mouth shut. <laughs> like just the effects of slavery. You know what I'm saying? When you talk about yeah. even shit, what we was just talking about, even the violence in our communities. When you talk about taking 
a whole people's identity from them, like from their language to their God, you know what I'm saying, to their land, to their bodies. Like you took everything from us, you know what I'm saying, and we was forced to assimilate. So, and I mean, the fact that we even still fucking here surviving right. is like amazing, you know what I mean? So, white people should not even have a fucking say so. And it's like, why are you. The genius shit that they did, I'm gonna be honest, is like, they built this system where they can judge us based on how we react to how they oppress us. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. they can police I'm gonna us. Go rob, they can uh, incarcerate us, kill us. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just like they get to define how we fucking maneuver in this bitch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's not real freedom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But the one thing I will say, and I, I hated the fact that she said it, but I did have respect for her for saying it. Um... And I think her name is like Laura Ingram, Ingraham, Abraham. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. But one of them racist white ladies. And she was like, man, I like they need to just quit complaining. Like, it was, she but she called it, I think, oh, yeah, yeah, European yeah. conquest. Like, this was just the result of us basically coming, fucking y'all niggas up and taking y'all yeah. shit. And I can respect that more, but that's not going to lead to anything but war. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. unless y'all want to take that route which I don't think either side is prepared for that, then we need to have to take this conversation seriously and, like, run me my bread. Like, this is capitalism. Fuck all that other shit. We do need equity for sure, land and property across the board, but money is, like, cash is king in this bitch. You know what I'm saying? So run us our check first, and we can figure it out. How much but that's, a, that's a problem, too, about, though. I need, like, and half a bill. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it, though, but it's a stigma, too, because a lot of people, African-Americans specifically, they don't know how to separate business from personal everything is so personal mm-hmm. get out the personal it's about the coins cash is king at this point i agree with her too like get out your feelings it is what it is you complaining but what you gonna do at this point it really ain't nothing you can do so until you can do something you take the right steps quit making it personal it, to, to some degree you gotta quit making it personal even though it is and i get it it's personal it is look we were oppressed it's very personal but if you're going to win a war, because this is like a silent a war. war, let's be it's honest. A war. It's a war. If you're going to win, you have to separate business from personal. You have to. But all of those issues that we were just speaking on, the violence, everything that plagues our community, the black community, comes from the coins. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it starts yep. there. The lack so, of. The lack of coins. Right. So education. Or the overgiving of coins. Every, right. So all, all these <laughs> issues, y'all, y'all place us in this hole that we y'all want us to climb out of or we want ourselves to climb out of. But we don't have the resources in order to make that happen. But the you know resources are there, though. That's another thing. Not on the level that white people get it. You get what I'm saying? Not, not on the level, but the resources are there. But people, I, I feel like, and I'm sorry, because that's I guess that's where the slight debate come in. It's great. Right now, <laughs> for me, I'm in school. I'm around. I work in very diverse places. The resources are there. The problem is that inside of these environments, inside of these communities, they do not know where to go to get the resources. But the resources are there. You know how many yes. you know schools in a black community right now? They really funding programs for kids to get college resources to do all of this stuff, and the parents don't even make their kids go. They don't even Real make their or the kid can't get the necessary. Uh, they can't get there. They can't get there. They can't get to you. They can't get the transportation. They had a lot of resources. Mama's working a job on the weekend. It's not even transportation. No. Lack of information. Lack of information. Lack of information. But lack of trust. Why am I going to trust a system that has gave that has given my parents or my grandparents these resources? Uh And look how it has played out for them. But look how it's played out for them now. You're not going to get nowhere if you don't use the resources. So if you don't trust the resources, Mm -hmm. you're going to be exactly where you at right now. It's called chances and opportunity. You got to take them. But some people might just be happy being where they are instead of like being on the other side. You got to. You got to die. You're you're not optimistic about this thing. I just don't It's still so much red tape and things that you got to go through in order to get it that our people that they make our people go through mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. bank loans and things like that those are resources that everybody can use mm-hmm. but, but in certain not, places they'll also that. deny you because i had point, cousins let's just be t- transparent when the midtown development was coming the bank was <laughs> passing out loans so people to move back to the city still doing it but guess who couldn't get them we us. <laughs> Guess who was being who was being redlined and black? Fuck this the first time. Why would you? You feel me? Like. So those those the is those the, the the real issues that rappers give us our money, money so we can yeah. do what we want to do ourselves, and we ain't got to defend yeah. those resources to go get it. To go, one of the areas too. I agree. One of the areas that I think. Point. We have to make sure everybody is educated. If all of us in this room are educated on what we we all can agree that right now, if we gonna win this war to get what we want. 
we have to use our resources. We have to understand how we're going to be able to accomplish I that. I think what they're trying to say, though, is, you like, know? the resources is different, though. Like, the resources is different. Like, you talking about housing and all of that. Like, we trusted that resource with Dan Gilbert. And, look, everybody that had a house back at that time, they screwed. Like, mm-hmm. they, they lost it. All they the fucked up. The refinance. I think, too. Like, that, ain't happening, that ain't happening to nobody but us. That's white kid that's, that's coming up. They got the same amount that. of money and everything. But they, the people, that they, they network of support. The generational wealth. It's going to take, right. yeah. yeah. take them. Now, this conversation, this conversation can go all kind of ways, y'all. We could be on this for 50 years, okay? <laughs> because at the end of the day, like the way that it is, um, I agree with both sides. Yeah. I believe that the resources are there because I'm directly with the youth all the time, you know, working in the schools. I'm at a top nonprofit in the world. Like, I see the resources. I see the money. But the issue is the lack of information and it's also the lack of us understanding our history. And the last thing I want to touch on on this topic before we leave is that the reason why I was so blown back by Mitch McConnell's statement about Talk the about fact it. that, um, you know... <laughs> None of us was here for slavery. I have a counter argument at this point. Mm-hmm. Because what you was here for was after the fact when we bounced back after slavery and started building our own communities, Black Bottom being one right here in the city of Detroit. You had the Tulsa down south. You had all of these thriving communities where we said, okay, we've now got out of this situation and we're going to do for ourselves. But you know what happened through that? They were burned down. Mm-hmm. And something else that's very interesting when we think about this reparations argument and the disinvestment of inner cities intentionally, because nobody talk about that history. Nobody talk about the fact that every city that rioted because they weren't getting equitable housing or because they were just getting uh, ongoing uh, discrimination in different aspects of their life, whether employment, education, every city that rioted got some type of punishment. Yeah. Look and that's where Detroit is coming. Like, everybody, oh, it's coming. No, we always we lived been, amongst yeah, each other. Mm-hmm. We just was on yeah. different sides. You feel me? It wasn't, no, we wasn't here. We all was here. Y'all hate that coming back time. And at the, <laughs> I hate it too. But at the end of the day, we have so many arguments. And that's why I think it's important for people to be tuning in to, you know, what people are talking about having somebody like Tana Hesey Coates sitting at the table, a historian, but also understanding that he got a lot of knowledge. Like, he brings a lot of light in a very easy for you to understand way that we got to start understanding our history because that's the only way you're going to understand how to be able to maneuver and actually get something out of this you know what i'm saying and when you talk about war we are not being violent we are talking about a war of trying to be better individuals and grow okay i just want to do a little disclaimer (laughs) i want to do a disclaimer politic ken does not (laughs) I can't even think of anything to say. I'm just kidding. I was trying to think of a clever uh, comment there, but nothing was coming. Nothing was coming. This is really interesting. I'm glad you guys are talking about this. This is really interesting. So. But at the end of the day, like, I'm not trying to support, you know, nothing that's violent. I don't no, think, you know, I mean, no, even no. though out of every other historical phase where we did get some, it was some violence that came with it. You know, I think that there are better ways that we can move forward. Um, but... I do want to give y'all time to talk today and tell people about yourselves and who you are. So I hope people really got a lot out of this conversation. I think we can kind of further this conversation off camera if y'all want to and get people involved. But I really think y'all had a lot to say. But I also shared that this was a PSA because I'm really trying to call us out about this violence and be accountable. So with a PSA, you need some type of announcement. So I wrote one. (laughs) And this is going to end the show today. It's one thing to defend ourselves, but how do we heal, grow, and thrive in our kingdoms when we kill, steal, and destroy families of our own? Whatever happened to peace? I challenge myself and others to be vocal and open about our destruction to one's own community. This is a PSA because the violence needs to stop. And I say that because we will never get to reparations or anything of a magnitude to grow and prosper if we're not here. A curse on a fellow family is a curse on our people as a whole. But think about all ways we cause destruction because by the bullet, it's just one way. It takes so much to lead us to that point. I challenge us to be loving. Stop hating. Stop jealousy. Combat envy. Be kind and love your people. How to treat others is a direct reflection of who we are. And only when we can love ourselves will the ills of this world come crashing down. And we all get what is promised to us. 
Never think anyone will give you what you won't give yourself. And I want to shout out the guy who's over the Tulsa uh, Redevelopment um, Organization. I think it's the Tulsa Redevelopment Fund, Jay Morrison. He has a video oh, yeah. out where he's challenging the idea of reparations. Check that out. Yeah. It's time we start giving ourselves just do because then we will reap the blessings. Reparations will be one. Peace and blessings. Enjoy the summer. But right now, I want to turn it over to my guest. This is my favorite part of the show, man, where I allow people to know that I don't mess with regular folks. I keep telling y'all. I have so many dope people in the room who doing their own thing out here living their own lives. I just want to give y'all opportunity to tell the audience who y'all are, what y'all doing. If y'all got any plugs, please feel free to plug it today. Either side can get started. I kick it off for sure. <laughs> uh, Mike Swaff, um, founder and CEO of a new management group called Potent Management, um, specializing and focusing on giving artists uh, or artists different op- opportunities, platforms to um, enhance their craft, but also work with the team where everybody is working together. We're all working for one. So anything that you may need, you should be able to get it within your own management group, your own team, so that we can continue to circle this dollar around. Um, Got a couple events coming, cool artists, some artists a lot of you guys do know, um, just not announcing stuff yet. Um, one thing I do want to share is we are doing a Christmas in July at the Boys and Girls Club on Collingwood and Dexter. We're going to do a bike drive for the kids, give back, do some haircuts, paint the girls' nails, um, have some speakers come and talk to them about the importance of what you should be doing as a youth. Um, and yeah, just continuing to give back. I love giving back. I love the youth. And I'm Mike Swaff. Dosa, so <laughs> um, my name is Patrice Wright. I am a nonprofit professional. I work with um, the leading nonprofit teaching kids social and emotional well-being, really tapping into um, really making our children hold children in that school atmosphere. Um, I don't work with anybody directly, but I had the privilege of working with Kenya on grit, glam, and guts. Um, I'm just very helpful. So if you have a nonprofit, you have a project, you want somebody to help you, I got you. Right, Kenya? I got you. Tracy be on the news and everything. Oh, she all <laughs> humble with it. <laughs> um, I'm Stephen uh founder and CEO of Lincoln Literature, which is a, a global writing platform and community uh, organization. Um, any writers that's looking for a platform, follow at Lincoln Literature on Instagram, submit your writing. Um, we got an audience right now. It's like, I think it's 123 countries, 12, over 12,000 people. So um, it's a good place to like showcase your talent. Um, do a lot in the community. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Fellow cast technician. CT. <laughs> All right, now. Uh, my name is Shan Lee. Um, for the most part, I'm a mortgage banker. I do work with Quicken Loans. Um, as of right now, I do a lot of the refinancing as well as home ownership programs, like, you know, help people get in the door owning their own home. So I'm real big on that right now. Aside from that, on a personal level, um, Within the next year and a half, two years, I probably will be starting my own organization and where I do go into the communities as well as the schools, try to do some like mentorship. That's kind of like where my heart is right now, um, preferably young women between the age of like maybe nine to 17. I th- think those are big areas for kids right now. So I'm starting the beginning steps of it. It's not easy working with kids. You have to have a lot of, you know, certifications and stuff, what I'm trying to accomplish, but it's just the beginning. Uh, I'm Richard Allen. I'm a owner of Forgiving Citizen, the clothing line. Forgiving Citizen, the name Forgiving. Is, is, everything is essential to my faith, essentially. But forgiving comes from the promise of Jesus Christ to forgive everyone. Citizen, spelled city sin, just basically means that no matter what city you're from or sin you committed, we can all be forgiven. Mm. Um, also on Rich Ray Management, LLC, doing property preservation. In the city of Detroit, I got contracts with the land, uh, the land bank, HUD, and Fannie Mae, and also the founder of a nonprofit called Get Rich. Rich is an acronym for Real Inspired Creative Happiness, and what I do is provide employment for felons and try to instill an entrepreneurial mindset. Because I think the job is pretty much the job. Although we all need we need a job and you got to create that income, but I think as a felon and returning citizens. That we have, we should have a, an entrepreneurial mindset because of the ceiling and, and obstacles that we face being felons. So. What's up? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Jeff Jones, um, Michigan State, with my home girl. Go green. Go green. Hold on, hold on. Go green. Go white. I ain't even go there. Go white. 
Yes, sir. So, uh, Detroit native, uh, Detroit creative, uh, owner of Blur- Blurry Vision Brand Detroit clothing line. Uh, it's a clothing brand, kind of a, I like to call it a self-awareness brand more than anything. Um, kind of trying to bring out that inner champion in you um, through, you know, positivity, uh, collaboration, things like that. Um, tap in with me on Instagram, Hefe Vision. Hefe.Vision is my personal page, uh, my business page, Blair Vision Detroit. Um, and I'm trying to do more with the youth, man. So tap in with me there because I'm trying to do more in the community, but definitely more with the youth. So tap in with me on Instagram. Let's do that. Oh, shit, I forgot something. What you forget, Steve? We uh so the sprints thrown Jefferson uh, Harbor Town this year will be our fifth annual back to school drive, um and so we still actually s- s- solidifying the date right now but we're getting ready to start uh next weekend so it's, uh, July fifth, um a book drive leading up to to our actual back to school drive and it's gonna be at the sprints thrown Jefferson in uh in Harbor Town, so it's gonna be like a drop off point where you can bring books book bags school supplies. Um, and then you'll get a raffle ticket. So we got some some good items we're raffling off. Um, okay. So yeah, I just want to spend some on y'all real quick because we had a nice little argument about this reparations. And I know it's still fresh in your mind. <laughs> I want to do one around about. If you could ask or get one thing uh-huh. for reparations, what would it be? That's going to be our close out. It's kind of like a one word exit. I don't know if y'all do that at meetings at work. I do them all the time. I do two words. <laughs> the word with... <laughs> It don't have to be one word. I just want to know what's one thing, Stu- one thing. Student loans. Student loans. I want cash. 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 Equity. Equity. Cash. A.K.A. property. Yeah, give me the property. Give me the real estate. Give me the land. Or land. land. I was going to say free land. Dog, if they don't give me an 800 plus credit score. Me? That's what I'm saying. You lose the debt. You can get the rest of that. Like, you lose the debt. Man, this has been such a fun conversation, man. I really appreciate all y'all joining me today for Politic Ken. Um, I, oh, like I said earlier, I forgot what episode I'm on. We've been going this year, by, well, this season, bi-weekly. I've really been enjoying the conversation. We'll be back in two weeks. Um, everybody know July is coming up. That is my birthday month. Okay. And for the last few years, since I turned 25, I drop a project every year. Mm-hmm. And I want people to get really excited about my project this year. I'm so excited I'm myself. It's so spoilers. much going on. Huh? Spoilers you got. Give us some spoilers. If you know me, you know what I'm doing. That's all I'll say. <laughs> if you know me, you know what I'm doing this year. Man, it's really excited. I got some real creative stuff coming to the platform. And so um, on the next show, I'm definitely going to be talking a little bit more junk around it. But I just want to get people excited. But again, thank you all for joining me. Um, I look forward to any dialogue that can come out of this conversation. If you're tuning in right now and you feel like you got something to say about this reparation argument, please, please give us some feedback. Um, y'all can check me out, Politics. P-O-L-I-T-I-C-K-E-N or y'all can check out my big business page Kinship K-E-N-S-H-I-P it's your girl Politic Ken aka Kentertainment aka Kinship y'all hear Ken and it up but again thank y'all for tuning in always Alex you've been an engineer enjoying you but this has been real. I want to say thank you for having me, too. Yeah, thank for sure. Sure. Yeah. Show, y'all, man. Yeah. Anytime. Once you're in the politic and family, you always in the politic and family. Let's get it. But it's been real, y'all, and we out.